check, check. Masturbate. Oh Hentai. my gosh. <laughs> Shut up. Come on your face. <laughs> you little slut, you like that? Oh. Fuck you. You're gonna take it. Yes. You can't get it in the ass like that. Oh yeah. This can be the intro. <laughs> Jackson. We're the conventional podcast. You'd think going to conventions would be easy. However, they're anything but. Alright, so today's topic will be photography, but first a couple of small news and announcements. Oh yeah. So we're recording this a little bit before ASIN, just in case. I'm gonna say it now. ASIN was awesome. We had a great time. Yes, exactly. It's going to be a nice, smooth, flowing ASIN with no issues. Jackson and I are probably gonna talk about our cosplays real quick here. Jackson, why don't you talk about yours first? Oh, let's talk about my retro happy fun time goodness. Well, if for everybody that actually knows me well enough, I am a diehard fan of Kenichi Sonata's work, and he has done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. I never implied he did something wrong. Why no, did you attack me like that? Whoa, calm, calm. I'll, I'll stab calm. you. I'll fucking do calm. it. Shut your calm. ass up. I'll do it. Calm. No. I'm doing the raptor pose from Jurassic Park, like pushing him back like he's a raptor right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love everything Kenichi Sonata does, except for one series that even he says that he hates with an untold passion. But, <laughs> I'm redoing Bean Bandit this year, again, for the 10th time. Yeah, you've cosplayed Bean a decent amount over the past couple of years. Yeah, and I'm doing the reboot version because, hey, new version, fresh life. But that, what about you, since you've had me... Well, A, we're both working on it. It's not just you, because you and I have both worked on it. Let's talk about my special little place in hell known as Mobile Games. I am cosplaying from Fate Grand Order, and I'm cosplaying Mysterious Heroin X, and Jax and I are working on the swords together. Yep. Finally, after years, you have convinced me to make a prop from Fate Stay Night. Yes, I also got you into the game, and you have you. joined me in Fate Hell. I hate you. How this... does it feel? Look, I play Warframe. I grind enough in my life. This is this is some bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of grinding. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Warframe has less grinding. I didn't know it was possible to say that out loud, but Warframe has less grinding. Oh, yeah. No, Fate is, like, grinding the game. Like, like you want to just kind of skateboard and just grind on the rail for, like... This is Tony Hawk Grind Skater right here. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Yeah, no, you got grind for those ascensions in this. You're a fucking oh, lord. <laughs> this. But, no, it's actually a pretty fun game. I have my issues with it every once in a while, considering the fact that most of the servants I want are literally 0.1%. But you know what? Well, if you're talking about five star turns, they're 1%, but getting, like, the one you want out of the 1% is, like, that 0.1%, and it, that's where, like, the real pain comes in. Like, how that gotcha system works is kind of dickish. It's not... Look, I got a bottle of lube somewhere in this <laughs> studio. I am perfectly fine to play this game, but y'all need to stop trying to, like, fist me while I'm playing it. This yeah. is not fair. No. I, I think probably Fire Emblem Heroes has the best gotcha, if you want to talk about, like, a good gotcha system, because the more you roll, the better, the higher percent of you getting the, a five-star unit goes up, actually. It's more generous compared to, like, other games out there. Oh, yeah. 
Also, the fact that I haven't really seen the sun in the last couple of days because someone told me that Golden Girls is on Hulu. So, if y'all don't hear from me on any form of social media, it's probably because I'm marathoning Golden Girls again. He keeps, I'm playing the Golden Girls theme song around me every five minutes. Save me, please. Oh my god. Oh, shut up. You like it. I do not. Too bad. I like the theme Fine, song. Fine, we'll have the snow halation day. No. Oh, really? That's quite the tone change. Yeah, because fuck you and your snow halation. But it's the best Christmas song from an anime. No. No, it's not. Yeah. Look, look. All-Purpose Cultural Cat Girl has a better fucking Christmas song than Snow Halation. I've never even heard it. Oh, don't you worry. After this podcast, I'm going to make you watch the worst anime possible. Oh, there's worse out there than that. Well, yeah, there's ghost stories, but that one's just majestic. Majestically bad, but yes. Yes. So, before we get into what could be best described as the biggest argument in our entire friendship... <laughs> Let's start into reviews. Yes, let's. So, I saw Shazam recently, uh, last week, when I went to the theater. And for the DC comic book movies, it was pretty good. I liked how it flowed. I liked what they did with the character. And I liked that the villain that they chose was not, like, basically an evil version of the hero. Which is usually kind of what they do for superhero movies for, like, their first one, depending on who it is. But Marvel has, like, a track record of that. Oh, yeah. To a degree. I mean, fair, though, for me, I liked Shazam when I was younger. I don't like the whole comedy aspect, but at the same time, I love the fact that they brought this new life of, hey, how would an actual fucking kid just, who suddenly gets superpowers, actually react? Yeah, no, that, no, they were right on the money here. Yeah, no, they, they hit the nail on the head, and then I liked, like, the whole broken family coming together aspect towards the end of the film. I thought that was a really nice thing with the show, short showcase excuse me and it brought out the characters very well i thought on the topic of actually getting a bunch of old school comics and slapping them onto the new age screens i've been watching way too much city hunter yeah i kind of started playing a mobile game that's in japan only right now called monster strike and because i was playing it and i demoed it for the sailor moon event back last year later on in the game's life when i was playing it they had a city hunter event and I told Jax about it, and I also, w we looked at the Jump Superstars, or... Uh, uh, jump Force. Jump Force, it was Jump Force, thank you. The Jump Force fighters, and the main character was the fighter there. We were looking at the Ultimates, and he popped up, and we started talking about City Hunter a lot, actually. Yeah, I, when I was growing up, I remember just renting a bunch of random City Hunter DVDs, specifically the movies that they had dubbed, and one of the best things for me was the Jackie Chan live-action version. Ever since then, I've been hooked on City Hunter, read the manga, watched the anime, listened to some of the drama CDs. I was hooked. And ever since then, and ever since I saw uh, Rio, the main character, and Jump Force, I've just been sitting back going, please, please give me a dub of this where they name him Joe and just have him say Nookie once. That's all I want. That's all. No, he. what he wants us to do is go have these on the DVD set and he wants to to buy like the first two to have me buy like the last two and then we just have a marathon which i'm fine with by the way i'm just throwing that out there but he he did request this of me yeah no duh i'm i'm not i'm not gonna be shy about that shit i want my city hunter back in my life we're also we're also going to watch writing bean he another thing that he has been yeah i have an obsession no one has anyone that comes to my house will see the shrine there's there's no shame in that yep no he's he's not lying it's it's there yep. i see it every time i come over yep it has a light too yep hmm but before I start going down memory lane and before fucking Cloud over here decides to 
play fake go in the middle of the broadcast again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That has never happened. Excuse I've you. I've watched you. No. Yeah, you no. do it in the dry runs. No, I see I don't. it. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Don't lie to me. I'm not lying to you. Fun bitch. Anyway, so we actually have guests in our studio slash horrible den of sin today. Yeah, for yeah. the first time in the while, this will be our first broadcast with guests. And like I said earlier, we will be discussing photography. Yes. So why don't you two introduce yourselves? Yes, it's finally your time to not listen to us bullshit each other. Ooh, finally. <laughs> That's real. Hi, I'm Kirsten, also known as Punk Bird Arts. And I'm Charles, also known as Hikikimori Sama. Sweetness. We have not one, but two guests in our Horrible Sin studio today. Yes, two mm-hmm. guests for the price of one on our first guest episode. So why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us how you got your um, photographer names. Uh, well, I got mine pretty much, uh, I'm very big on, like, punk rock stuff, and one of the characters I mostly cosplay is Leon Quata, which is punk rocker from Danganronpa, and then I own a million birds at my household, so came right to be punk bird, and then arts, because I do photography and art. Oh, yeah. And for me, it's mostly, well, hikimori means, uh... An outsider, pretty much like a troglodyte, pretty much for but for a Japanese otaku, and Sama is an honorific in, in Japanese, so I combine them together, and that's how it is. I was more of of, of a hikikomori back before all this ever started with me in photography at conventions, so that's why I use the name. But now I have a lot of friends, and it's more of like a, he's trying to claim he's not a loser. Yeah, I it's guess okay. So. <laughs> Probably the brothers for life. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, I will just silently judge you. Hey, hey. If memory serves, Kirsten was one of the members of a certain squad of people that were trying to get me to crossplay soccer from Donald yes, Trump. Yes. It will never happen. Why not? Because Make it it's never going to happen. 2020. <laughs> Look, Sakura. No, not 2020. We believe in you. You can join the troop and we can do the murder mysteries once again like Look, we did for panels back in the day. But I don't want to wear a skirt. Ever. Again, I've done it once in my life. That's all you get. But it's skirt with manly legs. I have the man. Look, do you? That's s- why you need to do it because you got the manly legs. Do you see legs. what I'm wearing right now? I'm wearing a hakama. This is as nerdy as I can get right now. <laughs> like this is my casual Saturday hakama. I look like I'm wearing almost a dress, almost. But eh, whatever. So, so we talked about how you got your names. So, what do you do actually? Not a lot. Well, besides not a lot. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, we go to a lot of the conventions. We do photo shoots of cosplayers. We photograph the raves. Um, last Amki, we got to photograph the Japanese band Amki, or Acme. <laughs> and then we also will do wedding photography, photo shoots outside of conventions and events. Yeah, yeah what she said. Well, Charles, don't you do some video stuff as well? Well, I used to do uh, a lot of cosplay music videos, CMVs, but I kind of stopped that mostly because I had some back injuries. And uh, but now I just got really into the photography aspect of the conventions, and so yeah, I've been just doing that. I, I might eventually go back into the videos for sure. I mean, I used to actually like your CMVs, so oh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. No, they turned out pretty good. Yeah, I used to like them all the time. So. One of the traditions I actually kind of want to start, and it, we're stealing a tradition from another podcast, ironically. What is your favorite anime? What's your favorite dessert? And what is your favorite safe word? Don't worry about the last one, no, if you don't mm-hmm. want to. For legal reasons, that's a joke. For legal reasons, that's a joke. For legal reasons, that's a joke. 
we're not doing Monty Python. <laughs> that, I, that I was not going with Monty Python, actually. That sounds close enough to Monty Python to me. <laughs> as much as I love Monty Python. No. No, that was a YouTube reference, actually. Oh, I don't pay attention to your fancy YouTubes. You're on it all the time, but I wouldn't argue that's fancy you either. Shit, your whore mouth. You all know what I do. <laughs> no, I'm just around you all the time and help you with stuff, so I, I know nothing. So, what's your favorite animes? Go! Uh, my favorite one would probably be uh, Parasite. I can dig that. Yeah. Wait, old school or new school? Uh, the maximum. I can, yeah, I love that one actually. Yeah, yeah, no, Parasite's pretty good. Parasite's the shit. No, yeah, no, the opening's pretty good. The ending's pretty good. I yeah, like the it. opening is really good. Well, so the band who does the opening for Parasite is actually one of my favorite Japanese bands, but I could talk about them for a while. So we'll go on to what Charles's favorite anime is. Well, my favorite anime is Welcome to the NHK. It's about some hikikomori guy who uh, I don't know who just has troubles connecting with the outside world and. Some weird stuff happens, and it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool anime. I like it a lot. So it was like kind of the original Watamote. Yes. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah. 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 I remember watching that back comedy. in the 2000s. It does yeah, have comedy. Does. Hmm. Yeah. I remember Welcome to the NHK. I'm like, this is finally an anime for my people. This yeah. works. <laughs> so now that we talked about anime, what's your favorite guys? What's your favorite dessert? Uh, mine's probably like cheesecakes. I, lot of, I like a lot of different cheesecakes. I can dig that. I can respect that. Pussy. And this series just suddenly became NC-17 like a yeah. motherfucker. Yep, this this podcast is now 18+. plus. The hell it is. I'm doing what I want. Y'all heard worse when I gibber on like an asshole. Well, I mean, we, we swore in the first episode. I think that kind of gave it away that we are exactly the most clean podcast. The fuck I am? Shit. Anyway, so we got cheesecake and we got pussy. I mean, depending on what your hentai havens um, tags are, it's the same damn thing. Basically. Yeah. Rest in peace, Hentai Haven. Yeah. All good things have to come to an end eventually. Okay, so why are you guys here in my den of hell anyway? Because you asked us to come here. Well, that's true. We didn't <laughs> ask you to come here, but the main reason we wanted you to come here and talk about photography is because it's a big aspect of convention. So, for example, something like KatsuCon, where cosplayers go to take a photo of the gazebo or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, photography's gotten really big in the last 10 years for conventions now. Yeah, I mean, back in the day when we all had Polaroids, that was a whole different ball of wax. Nowadays, everybody has DSLRs and, like, freaking gear left and right. Yeah, and cell phone cameras are actually pretty advanced now, too, and people just stop you to take a photo with their cell phone now. But it used to be just a bunch of hall photos back in the day. It didn't used to be, like, planned photo shoots like it is now. Yeah, back in the day, you couldn't even assume that you can get a like a photo shoot just for yourself. That was, oh man. Yeah, it was very rare, like for anyone to have a photo shoot, really. Yeah, and also just because you got your photo taken at a con and you got stopped doesn't mean you'd find it online either. Sometimes you would get photos taken of you, but you wouldn't find anything online, and you're like, "Well, I got like 30 photos taken of me, and I got maybe one back if." You're lucky. Yeah. That's because yours went into a private folder, Caleb. They always go into a private folder. We will not bring up that page here. You leave it there. Are we going to bring up the page? No, we yes. are not. Yes. Oh, let's page. talk about the page. I mean, Charles has his private folder of Caleb. Yes, Everyone has their yes, private folder of me, but we are not going into that I have long a hard drive thing. in the living room that still has all the page oh, data. Dear I can Lord. put it back what? up at any point. Please do not. Oh, God, please. Okay. We'll never bring that up. And do not ask me about it at conventions. Because I will just 
nope out of that conversation so fast. You have no idea. Okay, fine, fine. I will not pick on you about the mysterious page that used to be on Facebook for three years and that all of us had it as an avatar. Or the, uh, what, the, the header photo on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. It's, one of, it's one of the two. Oh, dear friend. That was my favorite con moment of us taking it and across the pool you just hear someone go, what the fuck? That is still fucking hilarious. You know we're eventually going to have to at least bring it up once. The biggest, worst moment in your entire That's time. probably going to be at like the 18 plus panel because that's probably going to fit in there really well. If oh, we ever yeah. do get a panel at a con and they allow us to do 18 plus con, it will probably be brought up at it some point. It will be brought up. I will have a bulletin board. I'll have It'll banners. It'll be the PowerPoint yeah. first photo. Oh, Lord. Just like, I don't Jesus. cosplay in you. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, don't worry. I got stories of my own to tell. I know. We we can, we, we can always talk about stripper joust or strip risk. I mean, we have a lot of stories that we can delve into because we have a large, large. I have traditions that I uphold to this day. But anyway, let's get into your brief history of photography real quick. Yeah, tell us a little bit about how you guys started. Um. Well, I started in high school. I was doing uh, photos of bands playing live shows. And then I dived into portrait photography where it'd be of friends. And then I got into cosplay, and that's when I started doing cosplay photography. And that's around the time me and him reconnected from high school. Yeah, I, I started off with doing uh, home videos with my friends. And then I heard about how DSLRs are really great for taking videos, so that's how I got into it. And then at the exact same time, I also found out my uh, girlfriend's art page and I found out that she was doing photography with cosplayers. So yeah, I figured, this was before we started dating. Exactly. And I figured, hey, why not join her and take some photos of some people I don't know, but they're in costumes. That'd be kind of cool since I have this DSLR, not only just for videos, but for photos as well. Hmm. All right. That's actually pretty sweet. And reminded me of the fact that DeviantArt existed. Yeah, it's yeah. still alive nowadays. Yeah. It's not nearly as popular, but it's, it's still here. <laughs> it is there. It, it has a pulse to a degree. Yeah. I love you, DeviantArt. Please right. don't delete my account that right. hasn't been active in two years. So I guess the first thing we should talk about is photo shoots to a degree. Uh, because, you know, that's what a lot of cosplayers and attendees are going for nowadays. But big thing about photo shoots is free shoots versus paid shoots. So you guys are residential experts on the topic. Tell, tell us a little bit about free versus paid shoots. Um, Basically, it's, you know... Photographer chooses not to charge. Photographer chooses to charge. Um, it's a really big debate in the community right now because a lot of people are saying that if you bought a badge and you're part of the convention that you shouldn't be charging to be on the con floor and doing photo shoots where it's a lot of gray areas. Yeah, I can see that. And this is me saying this from an outside source. I can kind of agree and I can kind of disagree. I can I can I can see both sides of the argument. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an issue in the scene right now and there's also the argument of who should have more power when it comes to the photography like the cosplayer or the photographer because there are some people who think like if it's a more popular cosplayer like sometimes they think they have more say and what sometimes the photographer is like, "Well, I do the photos, I determine how much you get and all that." And that's an interesting debate that people have had over the years as well. Yeah, and we know a lot of photographers that do both. A lot of the paid ones, it's more stricter of how their shoots go and how many photos you get back. And typically it's a quicker uh, loadout time for paid shoots. And then free ones, it's more of a relaxed shoot. 
and you kind of can get any amount back or you can never get them back because they did business for free. Yeah, I mean, if you do a photo shoot for free, you will sometimes maybe have to wait longer compared to a paid shoot because paid shoots are usually, you're looking for maybe like a month to a two a month turnaround depending on how much editing is needed. And then for like a free shoot, you know, it could be up to like four to six months maybe as like rough estimates. Those aren't like solid numbers. But like there's some photos I'm still waiting to get back on for certain photographers. Why don't you just out me, Caleb? <laughs> right. Well, I was I wasn't going to say something like that, but I I'm paying at the shoe fish. You better lace that bitch up and run. But damn, I, I wasn't trying to call them out, but I send reminders occasionally to Kirsten because yeah. we did one at Asen back in the day, and then she and I was like, well, I'll get them back sometime because I'm not in a huge rush for them anyways. So. Yeah. Well, I also didn't have my own personal computer until like two weeks ago, so... <laughs> it's okay. We've all seen uh, my laptop of duct tape and shame. So... <laughs> my poor laptop. <laughs> it has seen so much suffering. And then another thing that now convention photographers gotta watch out for is if the con even allows paid photography... Wait, that's a thing now? They're trying to ban um, paid shoots? Yeah, uh, there's actually cons that they will stop you and either you have to buy their photography badge or they'll try to kick you out if you if they see you exchange, exchanging money with, you know, cosplayer photographer because they do not allow it on their grounds. Huh. Well, I mean, it sounds like there are ways to get around that, though, because, like, if you did the payment before or after the yeah, con, you can get around it that loopholes. way. And then, I guess... Do all conventions give photography passes? Because I'm not sure all of them do, or I'm not sure all of them would be uh, like a viable. Only thing. some of them give photographer passes right now. I don't know if it may become a regular thing, depending on how everything tumbles. Yeah, and a lot of conventions, from what I've noticed, are slowly following a universal set of rules. So we'll see. It the time will tell. Yeah, it's all up in the air for now. Okay, speaking of doing stuff on the con floor. What about um, the difference between a hall shoot versus a professional shoot? Uh, basically, hallway photography is where you're finding a cosplayer that's just walking con floor. You're stopping them, taking one or two photos, and everyone moves on their way. And a more professional shoot, or, pr or kind of a private shoot, is more you're scheduling the shoot with the photographer, spending so much time with them, taking at least, you know, 20 to 100 shots of that cosplayer. You know, and then they're for sure getting those photos back in some form or manner. Yeah, so for free shoots, uh, those would be more geared towards, like, your newer cosplayers or just people starting out. Because you're warming up into it, you're getting into it, you don't want to spend, you know, huge money on a paid photo shoot yet. Because maybe you haven't found, like, the cosplay that you want to take that huge photo shoot of yet. Or maybe you don't feel like your costume is good enough or something like that. So you want to do, like free haul photos or if you want to do like a free shoot with someone that's a way to do it and then private photo shoots are just like hey i've spent all this time on a prop or my outfit and i want to take that time make sure i get those photos back instead of taking that chance of not finding those free photos online because you know depending if you find them on the forums or like on facebook that can be a toss-up yeah not but not all uh professional shoots are paid like me and charles we do free photo shoots for people and it's really it's like become our friend and ask and we probably will shoot you fair enough see for me my whole thing is i love it when people do pictures of me or anyone because i don't know about you but trying to actually do like selfie shots will always somehow end up 
weird. Yeah, and I mean, you can always do a mirror photo of your cosplay, but like that always has that's like a limited mirror. return. Yeah, exactly. And like <laughs> it's a whole mirror. I know. Well, the hotel mirror. It's usually not like your personal mirror because oh, it's, the you, hotel mirrors mirror. though they're so badly lit. Yeah, they're in exactly. the worst spot possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but people do that all the time. Like you'll see that on Facebook. Like that's what people do. If not, then it's just the bathroom. Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> so it's like you can get like a personal shot that way, but to get like an actual full body photo of your shot, yeah. you're gonna want a photo from someone else essentially. But in the concept of angles and all that fun stuff, one of my favorite animes actually comes up in the mind, Area eighty eight. One of the episodes likes to talk about camera angles, and that's something I wanna ask you guys. What is one of the ways that you can spot a great angle for a costume? Uh basically what I usually do is I Google that person's cosplay if I'm not too familiar with it and see what are the, the most popular camera angles and as well as uh, their postures for taking a photo of them. Otherwise, I'll just use my, my prior knowledge towards that anime or video game, whatever it is, and tell them to pose like that, and I'll take a shot exactly like that. And then we can also get creative by doing some other things that we can both collaborate on. Yeah, and sometimes it's the location that you can get your angles from. Yes, that's also important. Yeah, well. location can really play a key depending on the convention and the location because some places do have nice gardens that you can use. A lot of people like to use like the garden scenery. And like I said for Katsukan earlier, the gazebo is the big focal shot and people use that in various different ways. And as well as uh, the, the time of the day, is whether it's night or day, if you, wanted that, if you want that night shot, you can do that as well. But it can be tricking shooting at night due to lighting purposes. Yeah. You can even find some good walls to shoot against, too. Yeah, so long as you know you're allowed to use them for common purposes. Some walls are usually not the best idea. <laughs> yeah, some are, some are in the no-do zone, and you'll get yelled at by constant. Exactly, as long as you're not blocking any pathways or anything like that. Or no escalators. fire hazards, no yeah. pissing off union workers, no traffic yeah. jams. Yeah, those are usually the ones I usually get pissed about. Yeah, hallway photos do not be a fire hazard. Do not block it. Go off to the side of the hallway. Take your photo. Yeah, like we Blood talked about through. in our first episode and our second episode, if you're going to cosplay, don't stop in the middle of a busy hallway don't and take photos. Don't be a goddamn Yeah, don't, don't, don't just sit there and be Snorlax and be like, you need a poke a float to move me. Like, you, you need to get out of people's way so that people can move because people are obviously trying to get to a panel or a concert or the dealer's hall or insert thing at a convention here. Right. You, you also don't want to run the risk of somebody just smashing up your cosplay because it's expensive. We all know it's expensive. You don't want that, trust me. Yeah, uh, for personal reference, uh, I did uh, White Day Umi, I believe, and she has angel wings, and people hit those all the time when I was cosplaying as her. And I was like, oh, man, really? <laughs> Let's not talk about my Samehata where somebody almost like completely wasted themselves onto this poor sword they they were doing something stupid i want to say they were skateboarding or something and i love fucking longboarding but jesus this guy rammed directly into me while i was doing a photo shoot i had the sword right out and he just bammed like ever seen one of those pictures of somebody just running into a pane of glass and just flipping this is yeah. what this guy did i felt terrible oh man <laughs> the benefit though is the sword didn't break that's all that, that, that i'm concerned about the for man one second. the man <laughs> broke before the sword but, but for me like i was just walking around i didn't even stop for photos like when it happened to me but like for you like you were actually stopped for like a photo <laughs> yeah no i stopped 
This is when I was a young Jack Slang. This shit happened when I didn't know the rules, and I stopped in the middle of an intersection, flopped my sword out, and this guy went sailing. And I felt terrible at the time, but the guy laughed it off, which is why I can laugh it off now. <laughs> he survived. He it's survived good. Samehada. That enough should give him a trophy. I'm going to use that term more now. What? Young Jacksling. I say it all the time. Shit. Like, I wasn't born. I was bred. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit more on the specifics, because this is something I'm actually curious about. Let's talk about gear. Yeah, so there is a lot of gear for photographers that you guys use. So how about you talk about what you guys use personally, and then we'll get to, into more general stuff. Well, uh, for cameras, I typically use Canon because that's the lens. Once you buy a certain certain amount of uh, lenses, you typically stay with that camera body. So for me, it was Canon. I use a Canon 6D. It's a full-frame DSLR, which means I can use more lenses with a full-frame feature on it. I have a 70 to 200 uh, millimeter uh, telephoto lens and a wide lens at 16 to 35 millimeters. Back when I first started uh, doing videos, I would use a 16 to 35 a lot for those wide shots because I figured with anime and cosplay, you kind of want like a like kind of a quirky type feel to it, not like so much of a cinematic. I mean, you can, but that was my style. You can check it out on my YouTube page. We'll link that in the description. Exactly, yeah. I figured you would. Uh, and then, um, yeah, uh, I, I also have another Canon 60D, which is different from 60. But that one I'm trying to sell. It's about almost 10 years old. But, yeah, um, that's pretty much all what I use for for, ba for basically camera bodies. Uh, yeah, and I'm a Nikon user right now. Uh, where right now I have an older uh, crop sensor camera. Where I'm going to be upgrading soon, but uh, the main lenses I usually use are the 50 mil and the 35 mil, and it's really nice bokeh on those, and that's why I go to those. And the 50 mil is phenomenal, and it's pretty much like the lens that most photographers want. And what does bokeh mean? It means the nice blurring in the background that you get, where the subjects in focus and your background's all blurred and it looks pretty. Also known as depth of field. Yes. Yeah, so you guys talked about your cameras and your lenses, but what about, like, flashes and stands and stuff along those lines? Yeah, let's talk about the advanced stuff. Well, let me start off first. I use, a, typically, I don't use that much flash photography. I'm more about natural lighting, but I can work with flash photography. But when I do, I use my uh, my Canon 580 EX2. It's something like that. I forgot the name. Don't blame me. Uh, and I also use a, a cheaper version of it that's from called Youngo, I believe that's how you yeah, pronounce Yungo. it. Yeah, Youngo. Both of us have Youngos. Yeah, because it's because typically the Canon one is about six hundred dollars, but if you go with the Youngo one, it's uh, eighty dollars. It's a big difference there, and that's mostly because the Canon version has this automatic feature to it where it would like adjust to your settings. That's mostly meant for like when you're at a rave and you're just taking pictures of people dancing or at a wedding photography when people are dancing, just so you can do it quick. It's but that's not the, necessary. Yeah, it's not necessary when you're doing like a private shoot where you could take your time and you know what you're doing. You can auto manually uh, adjust to those settings. And that's why we prefer the Yungo flashes. Yeah, and then we also uh, will do diffusers on the flashes where each diffuser gives a different effect. You'll get like softer lighting. You can... Uh, get pinpoint lighting, or we also do color gels over the flashes, 
where pretty much you can change like the background color of your photo into a totally different color like Danganronpa photo shoots I like putting pink gel in the background get that nice hallway of the you know the hallway of the school effect mm -hmm. and then while everyone's else is in normal lighting or it also works for if you're in uh, certain different lightings if it's Tuscan or uh, fluorescent lights you can have it where your flash matches the tone of that light so all everything in the and the photos even in the lighting. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah, and then you have certain types of reflectors and stands that you guys use as well. Yeah. That I've worked with you with. Uh, but another thing some people like to do is they like to make their own backgrounds for photo shoots sometimes. Because I know some cosplayers actually spend a whole bunch of time and they get the materials together to make that background for you to you know take photos for them. And then you guys would go there and then take photos and you would base your camera gear based on that, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you have uh, you have the regular plain backdrops that some people use. And then uh, some cons have their own backgrounds that they built. Like, uh, recently, ASIN has theirs, which yep. has been looking really nice. I'm excited to see this year's. Yep. It's a newer edition. I want to say last year was one of our first runs of it. Yeah. But ASIN started doing indoor photo shoots our photo shoot systems and stands and stuff and it's been going beautifully i i have actually seen last year's was personally one of my favorites yeah last we year's had, was really good we had a tea house we had a ramen stand it was all we had a skyline of chicago yeah 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 the yeah, chicago yeah. skyline then and, you had a campfire area yeah mm -hmm. and one of the cool things about that idea is when back in the day most people would do outdoor photo shoots constantly and it was a crap shoot if you've been in the midwest long enough you know that our weather rivals the one piece entire topography of complete shenanigans you'll have you're sunny... not wrong i mean we have all four seasons in one day plenty of times in the year that's not a joke i've had sunny days that i've just gotten hailstorms for no reason that still bothered me like I'm, I'm outside just in a rocking chair reading a manga, and then out of nowhere, just do 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 But that's something that you have to worry about in certain climates. Just randomly, the sky gods are pissed at you for no reason besides you exist. And it's it cancels photo shoots. It cancels photo meetups. So doing stuff indoors, 20, almost 24-7 perfect lighting. Almost 24-7 perfect everything. You have perfect photo shoots you have backdrops you have whatever you need it's something that i wish every convention did and now that we're bringing up weather now it's a good time to point up if you have a planned photo shoot outside make sure you have a planned backup inside to be on the safe side because weather can ruin a photo shoot and the con is always planned around a certain weekend but your photo shoots are not so if you can move the photo shoot to another location or to a different time you might want to try and do that because that can help you oh yeah and let's let's talk about that one for a second I brought it up briefly. One of those things of some places at a convention is usually a no-no to even think about doing a photo shoot at. So if you think you're going to block traffic, don't do it. If you think you're going to block people traffic, probably a good idea to reconsider where you're going. Just saying. If you're going to stand on electric boxes, don't do it. Why? why oh, God, no. Why? <laughs> if you're going to stand on electric boxes, the first question you should ask yourself is, why the sweet tits are you going to stand on an electric box? Let's let's start there. Well, I mean, there are nice places inside, too, as well as nice places outside. So you can find that nice backup inside if you have researched the con and the areas surrounding the con. Right. 
All right, so we've provided a lot of general information regarding photography. Well, let's start getting into more specifics, and let's start with pre-planning for the convention and getting everything set up. Okay. Well, first, you need to find a cosplayer, which um, a lot of times the photographers will post on their personal page, be like, hey, I'm going to be at this con. If you want to shoot, message me. Or um, a lot of them have been doing uh, Google Docs, like uh, submission forms. They've been going through there, and then they will promote themselves through convention group pages or through, like, uh, uh, cosplay photographer pages as well. At least in the Midwest, they have those. Right. Now, when do they start doing this? Because they don't do this, like, the week before a con. They do this, you know, like a month or so yeah, before, right? Yeah, it's usually a month or two before. Yeah, it's usually, um, it can be anywhere, depending how big the con is, from, like, around, like, Five months to three months. A lot of times I'll do it within, like, the last few weeks before a con, like, just to get my schedule. Like, the last, like, pretty much the month the con's about to hit, I'll start talking about it. Obviously, while cosplayers are working on their stuff, their stuff can change, you know, because they're working all up to the con, because that's how most cosplayers operate, let's be real. And because they're working all the way up to the convention, your plans can change or their plans can change. You guys have to keep one another updated to a certain degree. Yeah, and also the convention schedule can change. That's also how true. Cosplay goes. Be- yeah, because photo shoots can change at the last minute, mainly due to weather delays, and you know locations can change, and they can add and remove certain series depending on the convention and the- how much space they have available. Yeah, and then pretty much you know once you get your collection of cosplayers, I know you don't have to do this, but I'll do set schedules and stuff for cons where it's like okay, you know we're gonna shoot this time, meet me at this location. And I try to have it all, like, formatted so everything runs smoothly. Not everyone has to do this. Sometimes photographers are like, hey, if you're at the con, hit me up. And we'll do, like, kind of an impromptu photo shoot, which that's very common as well. And then, uh, typically I'll try to figure out locations. If I've been to the con before, I kind of have an idea of all the locations. Otherwise, if I haven't, I'll kind of scout the con the first day of being there. If I get there the Thursday or the first morning... You know, while I'm walking through areas, being like, hey, I can come back to this, or I can come back to that. I just, like before how we mentioned, some areas you cannot shoot at. Some of it's because, you know, it's areas that are in use. And then another thing is some businesses will not want you shooting where they are. Like, hotels can stop you from shooting in certain areas. A lot of times, if a prom's going on at a hotel, they will not allow you in that section at all. So you'll, you know, you won't have access to some of the locations depending on the time of day and then some of the locations is completely not so whatsoever during the con and then you know some are affected by weather like we mentioned before and then also when you're looking for locations you got to consider does this location fit this character you know you don't want it to be hey this character the whole anime is in a desert but we got the city area that's not going to make sense right that's kind of why i love doing urban cosplays because I, I live pretty much in an urban environment. It works. I have perfect photography standings right there. Yeah, and I mean, you can usually find a section of the environment that fits your character is what you're mainly looking for. You won't find that maybe 100% match, but at con, you can try and find something close that might suit your character that you're cosplaying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for grungy areas, I typically will go to parking garages. You know, just get stone walls, and, you know, it doesn't have to be this fancy, you know dug up area or anything just find a nice stone area and it'll look like you came out of like some underground thing 
Yeah, but some hotels do have nice scenic views and places that you can use for nice, gorgeous shots. Yeah, and there like are plenty the of fancy hotels. shoots. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the Gaylord Hotel would be a good example. And that's where Katsukan is. There are a lot of beautiful scenes because they have fountains in there, they have the gazebo, etc., etc. And then another thing you got to consider is how we talked about earlier with conventions on their photography policies. Some of them have photographer badges, which will allow you to use certain equipment. Some of them, the con won't let you use your flash stands at all unless you have the photographer badge. And sometimes they will limit it still, even that. Or they'll give you special locations if you have the photographer badge as well. I believe uh, Colossal Con opens up their pools early now for photographers if you have the photographer badge. Yeah, they do, but you also want to be careful with the photography equipment at Colossal Con because you're dealing with electrics and in water and you want to be safe and you don't want to cause like yeah. an electrocute anyone. You want to be well, safe. With and, those are batter and, that's battery power, so te technically it could be okay even if you drop a camera in there. No one's going to get electrocuted. It's whenever you're directly uh, connected to an outlet is that's the bad thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want to drop a camera in water. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and also, all the chemicals in those pools will ruin your equipment if you drop it in there. Oh, so yeah. be careful. Yeah, same thing with like a flash. You don't want to drop your flash in there either because that's also going to kill your flash. So. Yeah, Did there was, a guy do that? Yeah, there was a big videographer that was really popular at the time who uh, wave hit his camera and put him out of commission for the rest of the week. Ooh. And he tried, you know, he tried drying it out, and then when it dried out, he it still wasn't working. He looked inside; all the chemicals have coated everything inside. Oh, yeah, rest in big oof there. <laughs> Rip expensive camera. Yeah, so just be careful with your surroundings too while you're taking photography because you don't want to cause damage to your equipment or the area around you. So we talked about one side of the equation. So let's talk about the reverse. How does a cosplayer find a photographer? Well, there are a couple different ways to do that. First, you know, would be like your Facebook or Twitter or the convention forums because those are all good resources to find a photographer saying, hey, I'm open, I have availability, I'm looking to shoot from this series or maybe a certain character. Another method that I would highly suggest is, hey, make some friends that actually love doing photography. You never know. Sometimes you might actually get something really cool out of it. Sometimes they might actually be, find a passion for it. Yeah, like, you know, you can also look, you know, look at everyone's work. See if they've got what you want in your photos. Some have special touches. Some can do special effects in their photos. Or just know how to light really well or edit things really well. So, you know, look at everyone's work. Think, you know, is this going to fit what I want my photos for my cosplay to, you know, turn out? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a tattoo artist. You're going to review the tattoo artist's work before you get a tattoo from them. Unless you're trying to do that whole insane thing, go at a convention that has just random tattoo artists doing gaming and anime stuff, and then hope for the best. That, I I respect people that do that, but at the same time, that terrifies me. Yeah, it could be a total crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah, some photographers will not give you good photos. I've seen it happen. Well, you know, there's certain ones we know don't do photos, but people don't know, and they still do photos with them. So it's, you know, something to watch out. Yeah, you just want to make sure that you can also look about turnaround times for photos too that way. Because like you can see when the photo shoot was taken from their previous work and like, hey, this is when I got their photos back. So you can kind of gauge the time, the turnaround time for like their work too as well and what they put into it. Now, since we're talking about um, pretty much spotting a good photographer, let's talk about, you know, how to start out being a photographer. Yeah, because it's not always exactly easy and or cheap because some of this gear can start racking up in cost some 
Some, you say. All of the gear. All of the gear. Thank you very much. Well, there are cheap options. Not all. Yeah, yeah they have to go super options. expensive. Yeah. Know. Um, you can get good gear for like you know your whole camera works for underneath a thousand. Probably even under under five hundred. Yeah, depending on where you're looking, you know. You don't need the most expensive camera. You can pretty much accomplish everything with like a a three to four hundred dollar camera, and you just got to spend another hundred dollars for a prime lens. And then boom, right there, you start off doing uh, those portrait shots, and they turn out to be really well. Depends on your skills, but yeah. it can turn out to be really great. Yeah, it's really about composition. It's not so much about the gear. The gear can help with certain things, you know, and accentuate things. But really, if you don't know how to compose a photo, it's not going to be good regardless of what kind of gear you got. Now let's talk about the prime lens that you brought up, because not everyone's going to know what that is exactly. It's a prime lens is uh, one focal length, meaning you cannot zoom in or zoom out. And there's different types out there, such as uh, a 24, 35, 50, 85, 100, 110, 135, all different types of focal lengths, just one focal length. Pretty much it's because they uh, have a high aperture that you can work with, or I mean a low aperture, which also means that the, the depth of field thing that we were talking about earlier, the bokeh that Kirsten was talking about, it, it excels a lot in that. It, it's great for low lighting photography. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, the other thing that Kirsten brought up is she talked about composing a shot. Now, let's talk about shot composition for a bit. Yeah, basically, um, with composing, there's a whole lots of different things you can do. There's portraits of how you compose, where with portraits, you want to be sure on how you're cropping the body. If you're doing upper body, you want the crop to be above the elbow. If you're doing pretty much like waist, kind of like above the thigh and up is the next cutoff you want to do. You don't want to do below the knee because it doesn't look good and it's ugly. And you do not want to crop out feet if you almost have a full body. And you don't want to crop out hands as well. You don't want your the, someone's hand being cut off to the side of the photo. You want to make sure, you know, body parts are in the photos, not being cropped at weird spots. Um, so that's just general portraits. Now let's yeah, talk portraits. about more like action shots and like rules of thirds and stuff along those lines. Yeah. Rules of thirds, it's kind of a complicated thing where you got to look at a photo to really understand it. But it's basically you're sectioning off a photo into nine equal parts. And where the lines intersect on these parts is where they suggest for you to land your subject in. Where so they don't want you to center. Photos always look better if they are slightly off-centered. And it's, you know, not too much off-centered where your person's going off the frame, but enough where they're not directly in the center of your photo. It's kind of like this thing that's appealing to the eye where it looks nicer and draws them more. If it's It catches your eye and it draws yeah. you into it, essentially. Now, action shots are a pretty big thing for people who, who focus like mainly on their prop work because they're making their swords or their guns or whatever their character may have. Yeah, they can be pretty complicated as well. Um, pretty much action shots, you want the cosplayer to have a lot of emotion, or if, you know, unless they're a stern character. But, you know, you want it where their body movement it looks like they're moving, even though they may not be moving. And then we also will do it where we make people jump for some of the photos, and that takes a lot of takes to get the right jump shot. Yeah, because it's basically a freeze-frame photo, and you want it to have fluid emotion, so you want to catch that right mm -hmm. angle. And you got to have the shutter speed really high up there, otherwise it's going to be all blurry. Pretty much a high shutter speed means that 
uh, the, 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 the shutter inside the camera goes really fast, allows less light to be entered, and therefore there's less motion blur. Yeah, and, and it also depends on your angles. Angles can affect an action shot greatly. You can do, you know, ones from the grounds. Uh, I also like to do perspective where you're at the edge of the weapon. Looking at the cosplayer is a big one as well. But yeah, you want to be creative with your action shots and your portraits, and you want them to be in your character or how they you think they would act, and you that's why the scenery also plays a part of the process as well. Yeah, and also another thing with angles is, you know, the levels of where you're taking the shot affect things as well. A lot of times I like the shoot where you're almost on the ground the camera is, shooting up at the cosplayer, and then, you know, it gets a lot of the background, and really creates this long leg effect to the cosplayer as well. or um, Yeah, it's kind of like they're looking up. Yeah. Or another one is shooting from a high point, looking down in the cosplayer. It's also cool perspective. Or if you're Charles, you just kind of look the camera up higher since you're way taller than the cosplayer. <laughs> just, just raise your hands ever so slightly to the sky for me. Hold on now. There you go. <laughs> and if you're doing something more on the sexy side, you can always go for that angle. Yeah. Shoot from the bed. Yeah, yeah. The... I mean, you said it, not, so <laughs> you got what I was getting at. So let's get back into more tips for starting out because we kind of went on a bit yeah. of a tangent there. A tangent a little. Another tip I do suggest is getting at least, you know, just a flash to own where you don't need to use it all the time. It's just more of you're going to find great locations that have the shittiest lighting ever. And you need to like that cosplayer, and you do not want to use on-camera flash. It is the most unappealing flash you can use. I mean, unfortunately, that's true because most hotels don't have the best lighting inside. And especially if you hit that con where it's raining all weekend and you're stuck inside, the hotel won't always have the best light. And the weather outside making it it's darker frightful. and dimmer. Well, that too, it can be frightful too. To, to, to it's the never cosplay. so delightful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially here in Illinois. But I mean you need to light up the area because the weather is not always going to help and be on your side either. Yeah, but also, if it is dark, you do have Lightroom, which I suggest every single photographer uses um, for editing their photos. Um, we also suggest shooting in RAW. Now, when you say Lightroom, what is that? Um, it is a program by Adobe. Uh, its full name is Adobe Lightroom. It's basically a photo editing program that's just geared strictly for editing photos. That are in RAW. Uh, no, they don't have to be in RAW. They can they, be in they JPEG. They don't have to, but you... But RAW, you have more range hmm. for editing the photos. And RAW is a format that basically, it's not JPEG or anything. It contains a lot of metadata, which, which is like information towards the photo, such as editing... Uh, Exposure, exposure and, color grading. Yeah, the, the, the white balance. That's the most important thing, I, I would say, to me. Yeah, exposure and white balance. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can go in, and if you're in RAW, you can heavily edit your photos and up that exposure, change whatever color you want to change your tones to. And it really is so much more useful than shooting in JPEG. You're very limited in JPEG. Oh, yeah. Fun fact, I have never touched Photoshop in my life until I had to do it for this podcast, and then I learned a valuable lesson of how limiting JPEG can be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah paint and JPEG can be super limiting. Yeah. Yeah, that's why a lot of artists now uh, save in uh, PNG. Yeah, I learned a yeah. value of that yeah. recently. Yeah. 
Yeah, so did I, like, in the last few years, and it was like, wow, this is a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. Now, as a photographer, you also want to get your alias, and you want to have, like, a name and, like, something people can recognize you by, so they know, hey, this is your work. Yeah, it's like, that way, someone can say a name, and, you know, it doesn't have to be your actual name, you know, whatever alias, like, we have Punk Bird and Hikikomori, and it's like... They know you as that, and then your name... It's easier for people to get the name around through an alias than a full name. And then it's also, like... And that's basically your business. Yeah, and you want to make sure you're net, you're doing the general networking. So, like, your Facebook, forums, Twitter, etc. Yeah, and then also we suggest creating a watermark for your photos. So then when people are sharing it around, they see in the little corner your alias. And then they're like, hey, I really like this photo. They look up your name, they find your stuff, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, Charles is basically his name and with like a girl holding like a sign, if I remember yeah, right. which and I'm going to change eventually because yeah. I've been using Lucky it for the past star. seven years or so. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then yours still has the bird, if I remember Yeah, right. mine has the cockatiel screen. Yeah. Mm. So. And back when we used to do Regalia Productions, mine was the old Jolly Roger, which we definitely need to change. <laughs> yeah, we should update that. And then if we start doing prop commissions, that's a different topic for later. But yeah. yeah. So now that we've gone through all the pre-planning, let's talk about the actual shoot on the day of itself. Okay, so actual shoot, pretty much you have a meetup time and location where you're going to meet up. So you meet up there. Typically, I like to meet up close by to where we're going to shoot or at the location, but it may be hard if it's kind of like a harder location to pinpoint to the cosplayer or to the photographer, whoever's deciding on the location. And then uh, you get there, and then you got to set up. Um, and the good thing is, if you do plan it beforehand, one of you can set, out, set up, or you guys can set up together if you get there together at the same time. So that way you can have you can be more ready to get photos done if you do have that planned time ready. You don't have to go too far from one location to the next at the yeah. convention. Yeah, where a setup can be just pulling out you know, your camera and lenses, or it could be... Setting up the flashes, placing them where they want to be, getting your camera settings in the right place of where you want them, and then it's like, okay, once the gear is good to go, then you're good to actually shoot, which pretty much how a shoot goes down, it's, you know, you go through a line of different poses. We do suggest cosplayers have poses in mind to use, because sometimes we don't, us as photographers don't have time to research the character and you as the cosplayer, being that you're cosplaying them, you know, you should have ideas of how this character is going to pose. Yeah, so what we would recommend is you know your character pretty well because you want to cosplay them. So what we recommend is practicing your poses at home in a mirror so you can get your posing and your limb and facial features and how you want your face to look for the photos down. Yeah, and one of those things that a lot of people tend to be shocked and appalled about is... Not everybody knows every anime ever. I mean, I'm a retro head. I love certain old school anime. That doesn't mean that I know every old school anime. And that doesn't mean that somebody that's doing reviews knows every new anime. Exactly. And photographers can help give direction, but they can't help you with everything. They won't know you like you will know you, obviously. Another thing that you can do is most everyone has a smartphone nowadays with Google on it. You can always Google your character at the last minute to find a few quick poses if that's going to work for you. Yeah, try not to do it at the actual shoot because then you're cutting into shoot times and depending on how everything goes, everyone's on a set schedule and then you're just kind of wasting people's time. Yeah, exactly. So one of the other big things is 
and this is also going back to what you guys were talking about on the whole hey let's do ourselves in the mirror and like looking ourselves over and doing poses that way this is going to sound a little bit vain but take pictures of yourself while you're doing that and look them over it's a great way to actually figure out what your body quirks do and certain things that you wouldn't notice yourself if you weren't paying attention to yourself with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, and then you can notice little muscles that you're using to achieve certain facial expressions or, oh, hey, my arm looks weird when I do this, but if I slightly adjust it, it looks less weird. And, you know, it kind of gives you in your head an idea of what looks good and what doesn't for yourself. And sometimes what the photographer thinks looks good, you think it looks horrible when you look at the photo. So there's always going to be differing opinions as Yeah, well. you can have differing perspectives between you and the photographer. Because what a photographer may think is a good shot, you might completely dislike. You might think of something different or you want it to look a different way. And we are always going to be our worst critics no matter how we look at it. it yeah, exactly. I'm super harsh on myself. Yeah, no, you, you've seen <laughs> yes, what happens when I'm left in my own room doing stuff. It... Oh, it becomes a self-loathing contest. Yeah, yeah. It ain't good. <laughs> oh. And then also, um, another thing that it can change the whole shoot is if it's a group shoot. This will definitely make the shoot. It's going to be a longer-lasting shoot, so schedule for that. The Typically, amount of people is also yeah, a big different yeah, thing. Big, I have shot anywhere from, you know, one to two people all the way up to a full group of 32 people before and this was all one series of 32 people in directing which series oh of course it's homestuck all (laughs) trolls all kids don't worry i wasn't there yes (laughs) i avoided that it was a very big how many characters there were yeah it was definitely a two hour to three hour photo shoot because of so many people there It, it it was huge and you got the big group photo and then you have different sections of the group and then typically once you get the group stuff done, you have singular characters you do poses for, and then you'll do like character interactions. Well, then you also do like couples and ships and all that other fun type of thing. So, I mean, that's all Yeah, yeah, you got the stuff. couples. So it's like you got to think of everything you're going to be doing. And, you know, there's a lot of different things. So with those, we definitely do suggest really having a set list of everything you want to go through because... With so many people, it's like everyone's going to get jumbled. Yeah, so like a rough outline, essentially. Yeah. So that way, you know, hey, this is how it's free-flowing. So that way, if certain people are going to be late or certain people watch up at yeah. certain times, it makes it more free-flowing and not such yeah. a pain to Another me. thing, speaking of time, is make sure you come to your shoots on time. If your photographer has a set schedule and you are running late, you are cutting into your own photo shoot time, and the photographer can cut down on your shoot because they don't want to cut into the next person's photo shoot time. And then, you know, you just end up wasting a lot of time and you end up with less photos than you wanted. Yeah, be courteous with time management when it comes to these type of things. Try and get places earlier than you would actually assume would be the actual time. Yeah, and I mean, if you're there five minutes early or late, that's fine. Yeah, but you want, like, but we I, understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes stuff happens at the con or, yeah. like, there's But if an issue. you're 30 minutes late to your shoot, there's no excuse. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, like, some wiggle room is okay, but, yeah. like, you don't want to be, if like, be, 30 minutes late. And then, yeah. like, your group's like, well, why are you 30 minutes late? Yeah. Because if you're going to be that late, just cancel it. Yeah. Or, <laughs> and or reschedule. reschedule yeah. yeah. Cancel or reschedule if it's possible. It's like that way you're not screwing up the entire schedule for everyone. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, putting things up together, getting things ready to go, basic tips on how to start and all that fun stuff. But what about teardown? Yeah, basically it's like if you have flashes, you got a lot more to tear down. 
and you want to make sure all your equipment and all your props that you brought that you are taking them with you if they are left there they are free grabbed and they will not be there when you come back to fetch them if you are lucky they will but most likely they will not be yeah some people like the shiny shinies and they will grab the shiny shinies and then you'll longer have a shiny shiny and then you are gonna have to spend oodles and boodles for another shiny shiny yes and, you know, some can be a quick wrap-up of all your equipment, and then other things, it's like a five-minute breakdown. And also, when you're scheduling as a photographer, you want to take in that account of setup time, takedown time, because that's going to create a slight gap in between each shoot that you need to have in order to do that. And this is also a good idea to always have a partner come with you, so that way they can watch your stuff as you're taking photos of a cosplayer. Yeah, so no one's snagging. Exactly. Or that, if... Another thing that I know you and I have done is if I know who your other shoots are, I will go with you in your shoot, and then I'll help you with that, and then you'll do you'll yeah. shoot me after me, and the person you were shooting will help you, and then we've done that before, and then so like if you want if you agree upon that, you know you can use assistants, use the cosplayers, whichever you want to do to help you out. So we talked about what happens at con, so now let's talk about post con and how you get your photos and what the photographer has to do. Okay, this is where we get into the fun of editing, which me and Charles have, like, the worst motivation sometimes on this. Well, it can be very time-consuming. Yeah, it's very, very, very... Yeah, because after the convention, you're just really tired for a few days, and you just don't want to do anything convention-wise. So so you're talking about post-con depression. Or con drop, as I like. No, No, it's it's... more of a con just killed us, and we want to die. And we want to do other stuff. (laughs) Sounds like con we need to a, me. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> post-con depression to me. Yeah. <laughs> we need to rejuvenate. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, though, it's like right away post-con, you're like, you get the hype to edit, and then you're like, and now all the energy's gone. <laughs> that, that moment of, I did all this stuff, and I'm ready for more. And then you look at all the photos you got it done, and you're like, yeah, no, I'm good. Well, if you take, like, 1,000 to 2,000 photos, yeah. like, you're like, I took a lot of great shots, but they're like, I have to edit all those yeah. now. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> Especially if you're uh, one of the Ray photographers. That's a, That alone is a thousand, at yeah. least, for the rave. Especially if you do the whole night. Yeah, yeah, we do the whole night. and woo. Oh, yeah. I forget. Didn't I say something about people being insane, just staying at the rave for the entire night? If memory serves. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I yeah, would you die do. as like a dancer. Those dancers yeah. go like hard to be. Yeah, they have some soldiers right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so we got editing, which, you know, some photos can be very minor. Um, as when you're doing the more professional shoots, a lot of times it's more, you're going into more details of it, like uh, removing blemishes is a big thing smoothing out some things editing things out of the background that may have looked ugly that you didn't notice when you're shooting or you did and you're like i can edit that later and then you regret it which happens a lot yep you're that like, happens I'm... in recording too don't you worry oh yeah get plenty trust us yeah when we release the uh the edits for like maybe patreon at some point maybe you're gonna hear a lot of fucks a lot of me cursing every deity known to man and maybe like me randomly screaming in German. I don't know. There's there's one part where while I was editing, I accidentally recorded myself screaming in Latin for like a good five minutes. That was fun. But it was entertaining nonetheless. And then um, also, if you're a cosplayer, talk to the photographer if you want certain things removed. Like there, some people have uh, like birthmarks that they don't like showing up in photos, little moles, or um, 
Sometimes people ask you to remove tattoos. Not all photographers can do this. Some may be able to, or sometimes it's the placement of the tattoo of whether or not they can do it. Um, also, as someone who photographs people in body paint, you will have to touch up their body paint and parts because not everyone's perfect and sometimes it rubs off in certain areas. So it's like you gotta go in and make little touch-ups, make sure the body paint is kinda painted evenly across them and there's no blotches of body paint. Also, this is really with the body paint too. Not all photographers will be able to do that. Yeah, and one of those things that I really wish we covered in a cosplay episode, body paint is a nightmare to even get even in the first place. Like, yes. I know a lot of people that are masters of mascara and, like, makeup, but when it comes to body paint, that is an entirely different beast. A lot of people forget about the fact that there are points in your body that are going to be more strained. That's going to burn out your body paint a lot faster. And if you're doing full top to bottom body paint, oh God, yeah. that's a whole different fight. Yeah, yeah, and always make sure you seal your body paint. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that in there right now because there are a lot yeah. of horror stories because and it people will not sealing it. your photos too because then we may have to try to edit your body paint that just got all over your cosplay. Or sometimes we can't salvage it and you got this ugly photo that has your cosplay covered in body paint. Yeah, let's go back to the days of when I was cosplaying Kisame. And I didn't know the first thing about sealing. No, I, I'm a very huggy person. So, oh no. I learned, everyone got shark face. Everybody got shark face that day. But I felt bad about it and I learned later on that just talcum powder is a good starting point on that one. Yeah. So body paint, you know, also it's very big that it, the face typically is good, but then you get the arms and typically that's where you get all the parts that are uneven. So always watch out for that and especially the hands. Hands are impossible to completely cover almost, which is why a lot of people wear gloves. Mm -hmm. Especially your palms start sweating and there goes your body paint. Yep. Your knees get weak and mom's forget it. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. You, you said what I was already thinking. <laughs> now, what well, other other cosplayers are going to request are special effects, and not all photographers can do this either. Yeah, it's you know some people don't have time to learn. Some people it's just you know not in their talents to do. Um, like I'll sometimes do fire effects or uh, like lightning. Yeah, lightning as well or smoke would be like another yeah, one. Yeah, stuff smoke, like that. Yeah, or, or like elements. a laser. That you can't do at con for obvious reasons, or you need a lot of money and technology to achieve at con. Or that, you need like something super private, like a studio where you can like actually try and make that and get that done. But that's a different topic. Lesson of the day, guys. Please don't go around with a $5,000 smoke machine at a con. There are people that can't handle that. Please don't do it. Yes, don't kill the con goers. Yeah. So another thing after con is after the photos are edited, it's going to take time to get it back. There was a turnover period and then how you get these photos back from the photographer. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much like turnover periods can vary on how heavily these photos are edited or just how, you know, how much work photographer has where they just may have a lot of shoots. So they may have to knock through a bunch before they get to yours. And then um, typically when we send photos back, it's uh, through Flickr or you do Dropbox sometimes. Yeah. Is uh, Flickr stopping though? Or am I thinking um, of something no, else? No. You just limit it to a thousand photos. That's what I was. Yeah. Okay. Unless you have a Flickr Pro, which is, uh, it's like six bucks a month. That's not terrible. No, it's not. But yeah, I also do it on Facebook page, on my Facebook page for Hiku Morisama. But if anyone wants 
the actual like high quality the high quality photos i'll send it to them through dropbox or any other means of sending files over okay so i'm kind of new to all of this uh, if anybody can fucking figure that out but how many pictures should people be expecting back out of curiosity um it varies on the photographer uh some people will only get like four to five photos back and those photographers will list in how they do their photo shoots hey, you're only getting this many photos, or it'll be these, and they'll be kind of unedited, and then they'll do special edits for special select few photos. Yeah, well, it also has to do with time to some degree, right? Because usually, based on the time block and the amount of shooting that you do, depends on how many photos you get back as well. Yeah, and also depends on how many actually came out that actually looked good. It can be on the photographer and whether or not they looked good. It could be on you for if they looked good or not. Yeah, it can vary depending on both parties and what happened. Now, when it comes to editing, you don't really want to rush the photographer. You want to give them time to put their best foot forward because usually more time equals a better product. So you don't always want to rush them, but you want to give them a respectable time frame depending if you paid for it or if you didn't pay for it. So if you did pay for the shoot, you probably want to aim for probably about a month or two for a turnaround depending on how many shoots the photographer had. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Yeah. And then for like a free photo shoot, Probably somewhere between three to six months. That sounds pretty fair because you didn't really ask for compensation and then you, you guys are busy and you might have paid ones that you need to get to first or something along those lines, right? Or doomsday. Whichever Basically. one comes first. Yeah, whichever one your photographer decides on. Or if you're really great friends with each other, expect two to four years. <laughs> like I said, doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you keep bugging us, we get less motivated to work on your photos if you do it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't do it. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Fucking bastard. <laughs> I know what you do. I don't do anything along those lines. Yeah, it's like you keep messaging us, and then we're like, man, we don't want to work on these photos now. So it's fine if you do it every so often, you know, to kind of keep in check. But if you're, you know, going weekly, and we're like, yo, we get to it when we get to it, you're, you're going to get your photos way later. Yeah. It's kind of like anything with a commission. Don't. Badger, badger the person helping out, especially if it's for free. Yeah, so you might want to do like bi-weekly updates just to be like, hey, just how's status coming along, but nothing more than that. No, I wouldn't really harp on them too much. And speaking of badgering, uh, something at con you got to be careful of is when your friends are with you at the photo shoots. Because your friends can be a distraction sometimes, or they can be help. And when they're distractions, it's going to affect your photo shoot, the quality... And just the length of time and how many photos you're getting. Yeah, so it can affect you because you can get distracted in the middle of a pose or a thought that you're working on. And then while that messes you up, it also takes away from your time of doing maybe more photos. Because you have to redo the photo pose or action shot and you have to repeat it. And the more you have to repeat, the less photos you get back. Also, if your friends are very annoying, those that photographer may not want to work with you again because hey, this is the one where the whole shoot was annoying because people kept interrupting and you didn't have control of your friends. And so you become less appealing to shoot again. Yeah, and I have a gut feeling y'all have had some pretty horror stories with that one to have that experience. Yeah, there's been quite a few. Hey, speaking of, uh, this is going to sound weird, but have you guys had any good experiences, bad experiences, stuff that you guys want to talk about? Well, for me, uh, I mostly have good experiences I want to talk about the bad experiences, and it's just really minute stuff, such as 
when I'm working with cosplayers, there's some cosplayers that don't know how to uh, have facial expressions, and I try to explain to them. I even show them examples on my phone, and they really just cannot cooperate with me, and it's just really hard. And then after the shoot, I really feel discouraged. I'm like, oh, I really don't want to work on these photos, but I'm going to, but they're just not my proudest work that I've done. Also, some other bad experiences are uh, with the weather. Not just rain, but mostly the wind. Because when you're walking around the convention with your gear and everything, the last thing you want to carry is sandbags to hold down your uh, your stands with the soft boxes that you might have on your flashes. And when you don't have those sandbags, the wind will knock the shit out of your soft box and it will just knock down to the ground. And then you have to worry about if it's broken or what and it's that, that was always something i hate hated working with is with against the wind yeah like uh i had a beauty dish get a heavy dent because it got knocked over and if you see a photographer approaching you and their equipment's broken that's typically what happened mm-hmm. yeah and another uh thing i've had is people's costumes falling apart during the shoot Ooh. yeah that's never a fun part yeah it's rough because, you know, you can see the cosplayer's confidence breaking. And then it's like, it starts affecting their poses and their facial. Because they're just getting frustrated with, with their outfit. And it's like, and you can't do anything for them. Because, you know, you don't know how to build that stuff and help them out, really. Yeah, you don't know how to help them fix it, unfortunately. Yeah, so, and, you know, they're trying to keep it together during the shoot. And then you have photos where pieces are kind of coming off and so it just ends up where you know everyone's frustrated so that's also one of the downsides of living in chicago is all the wind so that's something we have to adjust to here but for me myself i have had good experiences so far i can't really think of a bad one but there are some bad ones out there uh and right now in the scene there have been a lot of creeper photographers going around causing issues and problems unfortunately yeah, uh, we actually have a pretty big one. I won't say his name or anything, but um, pretty much there's been a lot of call-out posts on this guy. Uh, it Basically, every two weeks before con, he pops right up. He's actually a convicted sex offender. Ooh. Yeah, and it's really nasty, and he messages cosplayers, and he expects them to message him right away, and then he gets nasty demands their phone numbers, wants to do a phone call with them. Uh, if they do give out a number, they get long voicemails of him ranting. There's been people where he's hunted out down their workplace phone numbers and called the workplace. Uh, one girl actually had a lawsuit going with him because he tried to get her on uh, harassment charges, which got dropped partially because he showed up like 20 minutes late to court. And also because he was harassing the courthouse themselves with phone calls. How, and do, how do you think that's going to help? Yeah, he got banned from calling the court at one point. That's never a good thing. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately there are, like, there are child predators and there are people who go through like these weird lengths due to photography. Because usually uh, there's like this whole exposure equals fame type thing that goes around at cons, which is another issue, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, it's 
it's on both sides. Some people think, oh, we can pay with exposure dollars. It, it doesn't work in commissions. It doesn't work in art. It doesn't work in photography. It sure as hell don't work in prop making. It don't work in cosplay commissions. It don't work anywhere. Exposure don't pay shit. Yeah, and then there's also photographers that are trying to expose different parts of you. Like, uh, yeah. there was one that was stationed in California, I believe, who would do a photo shoot and have a separate camera on the ground for panty shots. What the fuck? No, that's not good. That's not cool, guys. What the hell? Yeah, there's a lot of messed up ones. Really keep your ears out for these photographers. A lot of people will be talking about them, and if people have, you know, nothing but good things to say about a photographer, that pretty much usually means you're in the clear. Yeah, exactly. Like, if there's bad stuff going around a photographer, there will be posts about them in the community, and there will be, like, a heads up to be like, don't book this guy, stay away from this person, please be safe, because basically, if you want to do a sexy photo shoot, that's cool. Do your sexy photo shoot, but you obviously want to be in control and have say in that sexy photo shoot. You just don't want random, random, like, sexy photos of you appearing out of nowhere. That's not really cool. Speaking of sexy photos, uh, one thing, if you're underage, do not do sexy photos. That is that child is, pornography. Yeah, God exactly. damn it. You, do you not owning put that your on own photos is illegal. Your photographer owning these photos is illegal. And if a photographer is asking you for these photos and you are underage, send that run. shit to the cops too. And shit. go to the cops. Like, yeah, it should be an instant no. Also, any photographer or any person making you uncomfortable at a con, report them to con security. We've gotten photographers kicked from conventions. Because of behaviors like this. Yeah, and it, it doesn't even have to be a photographer who's being creepy. If there's another cosplayer who's being creepy and you feel like they're bothering you, you should notify con security as well. Hell, if it's just somebody just randomly trying to go around and be creepy, period, report their ass. Like, I don't care if they're in cosplay or if they're in a cub shirt. Just no. Yeah, so there are unfortunately a couple issues that we still deal with because these have been going on for a while, but... We're trying to get better at solving them as time goes on. Yeah, it's a it's a work in progress. I wish I could say that it's an easily solved situation, but sadly, it's one of those things where we we, we take it one case at a time and we try our hardest to fix it from there. Now, we've covered photography pretty in-depth throughout the podcast so far, but let's talk about videography for a little bit. Yes, let's talk to the person that's been mostly quiet throughout this entire podcast. <laughs> well, first I want to talk about how uh, these videos are a little bit different than photo shoots. Uh, when you work with cosplayers and videos, uh, you're pretty much uh, filming for a whole collaboration of other uh, videos that you're going to take of other cosplayers as well. So, but, so the way I do it is I like to tell my cosplayers to do a certain pose and then they'll follow my camera as I circle around them. Then when I edit it in post, I will slow it down to 50% so that way it's a little bit slower and it looks more cinematic that way. And when, when, I, cho when I choose the music, I don't want to choose something that's really popular that's out there right now. Except for this one song that I did. It was uh, Gundam style. I didn't know it was going to get that popular, and it did. Yeah, the video went viral. Yeah. But don't you have issues with copyright when it comes to music? Yes, I do. Back then, it wasn't that bad. But nowadays, it's a whole lot worse. But I typically would pick music from from Japan. and But there are still some copyrights with uh, from anime music that, I, that I've chosen before. Such as anything from Sony, it was really bad. They would totally cut off the, the music video. Yeah, Kur uh, Kurosuji, they cut 
The it was the video was up for like the Black years. Butler? Yeah. You used a song from that, I think. And then it like the video was up for years and then they muted it. Oh, which my first Black Butler video? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering if that anime opening I picked that one time for the gardens we'd have ever got muted, but I don't think I, it did. I think it's still I don't there. Think so, no. Yeah, a lot of anime songs have gotten muted. I've used two songs from Welcome to the NHK and they both got muted because it was from Sony or whatever. So I couldn't use that. Um, but then again, I haven't done cosmic music videos in in a while, so I'm not sure how what differences are there now with copyright. Well, when stuff. I watch cosmic music videos nowadays from like Axon, if I was gonna give like an example, because he's probably one of the bigger ones out there, he doesn't use copyrighted music. He uses very like stuff that was made specifically for the music video or right. something he made himself where he had someone make for him. It's not like he something used that's virtually not. Copyright though. Yeah. He used yeah, to, but he doesn't do it now. He, yeah. He's completely changed because usually because he for YouTube channels like if you use copyrighted songs they get struck in and taken down like almost immediately. So you need something that's not quite as popular nowadays. Yeah. We so, we cheated too on uh, Gotham style. Yeah. We sped it up like a small percentage because after it got so popular it it. after it got popular then youtube was like hey you can't have this popular song on here and so i i re-edited it back to slow down by two percent yeah and got away with it that actually brings up the fact a weird fact that amvs way back in the day any song was free game and you could pretty much make Mainly Linkin Park, though. I'm not going to lie. No, no. We don't talk about none <laughs> at this point. Every time we touch? Every time. Oh, Pascala, that's another one. Linkin Park. Carmel Dancing? Carmel Dancing yeah, was the anthem. I think they anthem. used S Club 7. Like, Never Had a Dream Come True was used a lot for, like, a couple. Truly, Madly, Deeply, Um, I Want You, Savage Garden was the shit. Yeah. And suddenly, mysteriously, JoJo took it as an ending. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like... All these, like, stupidly popular songs, it was 100% free game for AMVs and CMVs. And then out of nowhere, copyright strikes up the yin-yang. People were getting pulled down. Hell, I had a fucking Guns of Cats music video that was up for years. And then mysteriously, Sony just ripped me a new one. Hmm. Yeah, it's usually music companies. They're like, yeah, you're using our music. You can't use it anymore. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep. But yeah, keep in mind that, uh, back to the uh, copyright music thing, uh, I didn't have a partnership with YouTube. This is all mainly for uh, a hobby. I didn't care about getting paid for this stuff, so that's another reason why I, I, I could choose any song I wanted, well, mainly any song I wanted, because it was mostly all anime-related. Yeah, I, I just I was having fun doing it, and I didn't care for the money. And now you can't do that anyway, regardless of anything. <laughs> because Cause YouTube and their copyright system is kind of bogus, I'm not going to lie. The terms of service will kill us all. Yeah. And this episode will never go on YouTube if we ever post them on YouTube because YouTube knows when we say the word YouTube. <laughs> and it also knows when you say fuck. So and many times. And you get demonetized. Oh, or pussing it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you can say basically anything that's kind of bad. Like, I think like if you say the word murder and you're covering like a, a murder news story, uh, like you get, you get like flagged for that too. You get kicked out of algorithm if you do any conspiracy. Yeah, I think that's also a thing. Like, YouTube really sucks. Like, you have to be like the most PG thing on right. there. Only See? Shane Dawson can be. Well, well, him and like PewDiePie, I think, are like the only yeah. two that can get away with it because they're that big. Yeah. Yeah. Also, please don't sue us. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, back then I used to use a, a Steadicam-like type contraption called a Glycam. It was, technically, it was a Glycam HD 2000. 
and it worked great for my DSLR. It was to keep uh, my shots all stabilized so that way it looks like uh, they were on a crane or something like that. But basically, you also need to have some certain amount of skills with your arm and keep it steady as well. That's what pretty much made me different from other videographers back, back in that time where most of their shots were handheld, but mine were, uh, I was using a $500 contraption here that was really great. It was near perfect to where the steady cams were like. Those things are like about $3,000 to $5,000. And they, they came with a, a vest and a, a robotic arm pretty much. But mine was, I held it with my hand and I would have to keep balance with it as well. But yeah, that's how that's how I would make my videos with uh, with a Glycam HD two thousand. And then when I shot videos with you, based on experience, we would do multiple takes, and then we would do like action shots, and then you know character interactions. If we were if we did like a group, and there was like pairings between us, and that exactly. stuff, you kind of also look for in videos. And sometimes they're themed around like a certain series. Sometimes it's just these are all my friends. Sometimes it's like oh, I thought this was all the cool stuff at the convention, so here it is essentially. Mm -hmm. I like that actually like just doing hey these are the good memories that we made all that fun stuff that's usually a pretty good idea yeah so okay. we've covered everything pretty in depth today so let's end with a few closing statements and what just recap everything that we went over because it's been a pretty long episode actually not as long as our last one but hey we're getting there so what makes a good photographer you guys um really it's the person you know they have a have to have a creative mind just have an eye for the shots. It's really nothing about the gear. It's all about the person and their brain. Be open-minded, artistic-like. If you really want to be good at doing taking photos. Don't be basic. Yeah. Don't be how too Don't basic. be closed-minded. Yeah, don't have a high pH level. Damn it, I knew you were going to pull a science <laughs> joke eventually. And there it Just, is. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. Ugh. Okay, so since we're talking about photography this entire bloody episode, let's talk about what makes a great photo. Um, it's really, again, composition. You know, making sure everything just is appealing to the eye, nothing's cut out. You know, you can either, great photos can be in black and white, they can be in vibrant colors, you can just slightly desaturate and it can be a great photo. And uh, don't feel discouraged at first if like, your photos don't come out great. That's, that's the whole point of taking photos is to find out what, what what doesn't work and what does work. And well, eventually you'll get better at it. Yeah, I think that's part of any of learning any art or any exactly. craft is, is learning what the mistakes are and then improving upon those mistakes. And like for, It's the same thing with cosplay and photography. It's kind of the same thing. You want to learn and improve from your mistakes and slowly gain more experience over time and slowly level up your skill. Now, there is something that we actually didn't cover and I was going to try and bring up as soon as possible. One of the things that... I personally believe that not only do great photographers do great, videographers do great, cosplayers have business cards. Yeah, now it used to not be a thing at all. And in the last like three to four years, everyone's got a business card mm -hmm. now. Vistaprint made everything easier. Yeah, yeah I'm on Charles's twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you actually make one from the mysterious website? No. From Vistaprint? No, 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 no. It's no, 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 the, the other the, one. The, the oh. one, the page that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. oh. No, it's just his own photo work, which has yeah. a lot of stuff from the page that will not be named. <laughs> of course it does. 
Yeah, but uh. Well, it has like one of my male cosplays and one of my female cosplays on it. You can see both, but they're both on there. I'm actually looking at it right now, and it does have it. <laughs> you can keep it. I'm keeping it. I have yeah. a copy. I'm not gonna lie. We're gonna put that. Yeah, there. and as a photographer, <laughs> include multiple shots and. Like, multiple different photos that you've taken on your business card. Yeah, and if you're a cosplayer, you want multiple photos of different cosplays, essentially, along with your contact information as a way to go about it. Yeah, and that's now the new way for you to be able to find your hallway photographer, is if they got a business card, you get it, and then you can actually go and follow them after the con, and way more higher chances of actually seeing that photo they took. Exactly. And the last thing we want to cover is some safe photography rules. Uh, so basically, if you haven't met the photographer before and you only talked with them a handful of times, you might want to bring a friend along with you so they can help, and then that way you feel more safer in the environment, especially if it's your first time going to a convention. Like, it could be something new for you. If you don't feel safe, you want to feel safe. Oh, even then, if it's a private photo shoot, bring a friend. Bring two, just in case. Yeah, but keep in mind, you don't want your friends to be too distracting. You want them to help and then maybe give ideas to help you with the shoot. But you don't want them to take away from your time as well. But you still want to keep in mind to be safe during it. And you want to make sure that no one's going to get hurt during the photo shoot. And they can help make sure, like, someone, if, like, if you're in a busy way, uh, busy traffic area, or if you think something might happen, you can have them watch out for big traffic volume or cars or something like that if you're, like, in a busier area. Well, one of the other big things is if that's an issue, don't fucking go in a busy traffic area. Yeah, that too. Like, that's... Still, one of my pet peeves, just seeing a bunch of people thinking that's a good idea to, like, go into literal traffic and take pictures. Yeah. Avoid that at all costs. Go to, like, assigned photo shoot areas. Find a spot that's a lot more safer, you know? Yeah. Another safety thing uh, that's common with photographers is a lot of times we'll start to back up to take a photo, and there's a lot of times there's a ledge behind you. Yeah, Do you, not fall off the ledge. Yeah, you really get in the zone when you're taking photos, or you're not really paying attention to anything else, so, but you really have to because you don't want to hurt yourself or others or cause a yeah. traffic jam or whatever. Or, or, or damage a cosplayer's yeah. prop or your yeah. equipment. Like, you want to just be careful. So just keep an eye on stuff around you. Try and help one another, and then, like, your friends can help with that as well. So, yeah, I think we actually covered a lot today. So, uh, before we sign off, where can people find your work and find, like, your websites and stuff? We can link in the description as well below, but I figured we can give you at least give a, you a piece to say of where people can find your work and learn more about you if they want well, to. Well, for me, uh, I have a Facebook page, Hikimori-sama, and this, the same goes for the YouTube, Hikimori-sama. I do have a Flickr. I believe it's Hikimori-sama 7 because Hikimori-sama was already taken up. I may be wrong about that, but you'll see that in the links in the description. Um, yeah, and then all mine are underneath Punk Bird Arts. Um, I have a Facebook page, and then I have an Instagram. Those are the main two ones I'm on. Uh, Instagram, I don't share too much of the photography. It's a lot more art, but the Facebook page always has photography going up on it. Sweetness. And with us, you already know how to find us. If you're new to us, obviously you found us. Congratulations, but we're Hooray! also... Hooray! Congratulations. Yes. You won. You won a podcast. <laughs> but we are on Twitter at Conventional Crew. That's conventional with C-R-W. Now, our email is conventionalthepodcast at gmail.com. 
And then we'll have a link to our coffee in Discord in the description as well if you'd like to support us and ask us questions and support us there. Yeah. If you want to have a shout-out on a show, you can always get us on the coffee. If you just want to say hi, just hit us up on Discord or wherever. Honestly, we're pretty much free. Yeah, you can reach us at the email or Twitter for that those reasons, too. We're pretty over the conversation. Yeah. So, I think we had a great time. I think I'm hoping that this entire episode was convenient and conventional for you. Yeah, I hope you found it informative, and I'm glad that our first episode with guests went well, and thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you no for problem. having us. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad y'all didn't get eaten by the house. So, mm-hmm. everybody have a great time, and have a nice day. Yeah, have a nice evening. Peace. Peace.